Let's grab our Bibles this morning and turn over. Uh, I'm thankful. I've been going back and forth for a couple weeks, Mike, on uh, what I was preaching this morning. And so I was asked, I think Dana asked me in the airport on Thursday, he said, what do you have for Sunday? And I said, well, I said, it's either going to be John 1 or John 14. And I said, I'm, I'm going back and forth. I got two messages, one out of either passage of Scripture. And uh, God settled my heart on John chapter 14, but God still had something for us out of John 1 this morning. So I'm glad I didn't miss it either. And uh, God took care of that. But uh, I've, been, I've been reading all week long uh, in both passages of Scripture. And uh, aren't you so thankful for the Bible? <clears throat> And uh, God's given us the Bible to be able to teach us. He's indwelt us with the Holy Spirit of God and uh, to be able to guide us into all truth. And I'm just thankful every time I go to the book, there's something there for me that God's able to speak to my heart about. You say, well, I don't believe all of that stuff. You ought to try it. Just see what God would do. I'm not saying try Jesus, but uh, I'm just so thankful uh, for the Word of God. Amen? And so if you found John chapter 14, if you're able to, let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. We're just going to read the first six verses. <clears throat> John chapter 14, starting in verse number 1. The Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I want to come back, look at verse number one with me, if you would, where the Lord Jesus Christ, these are some of his last words as they're gathered together in the upper room. But in John 14, verse number one, he starts out with this phrase, let not your heart be troubled. And I want to preach for a little while and share a few thoughts out of the scriptures on comfort in troubled times comfort in troubled times. Let not your heart be troubled. And so let's have a word of prayer and then you can be seated. Father, we love you. Thank you so much again for the word of God. Lord, I'm thankful for the comfort and the grace and the mercy, Lord, that is revealed throughout the scriptures. Lord, I pray that you'd help today. And uh, Lord, we don't just look around in society as being troubled times, but Lord, there's many here Lord, that even in their homes, their marriages, their children, Lord, their work situations, Lord, the environment in which they operate, Lord, they're, they're in some troubled times. I pray, Lord, that you'd help them, and uh, Lord, that you'd give us comfort this morning. Speak to hearts, and we trust you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> As we read these few verses, I've been amazed the past few weeks as I've looked at this subject matter on the number of times in the scriptures that the, the Lord Jesus and the scriptures actually desire 
and make mention of comfort in each and every one of our lives. I believe every one of us would acknowledge today that we know that life is hard. We know that, that there's troubles that come. In fact, it was said uh, by Job that man that is born of a woman, let me ask you this, how many here um, you are actually born of a woman? In all my research, it's 100% that every person that's ever been born has been born of a woman. And Job said, man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Boy, how many have found that to be true? You're just thinking, listen, how much more trouble there can be. Now, listen, I'm not talking about you getting into trouble. Some people that have raised children say, yeah, they're full of trouble. That's for sure. And, uh, but listen, we're talking about things that come into our lives, things that are around us. We would say that are stirring the pot of life, some things that would, that would cause an, an uprising in our lives, anything that's not the calmness of life. And here the Lord starts off, let not your heart be troubled. Now, as I look throughout the scriptures, and I just told you for the past couple of weeks, been amazed at how much of the comfort the Lord gives to us. And it comes from the scriptures. I'm going to share a few verses with you, and then we'll come back here to John chapter 14. But I realize this, and I'll give you a few verses. John chapter, I mean, Romans chapter 15 and verse number four says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now, some people say this, well, God doesn't want me to have comfort. No, I'll say this, God might not give us being comfortable all the time, but he does desire for us to have comfort in our lives. You know what the problem is most of the time is that we define and manifest comfort a little different than the way that the Lord defines and manifests comfort in our lives. If we say, I want a life of comfort, most of the time that's followed up with not just a life of comfort, but a life of ease. That we say, listen, if I can just have all the, the money in my bank account that I, that I need on a regular basis, that'd be wonderful. How many would like to have the balance in your checking account that's going to take care of every bill from today all the way through to the day you draw your last breath, have all that money already in the account? You know something? That'd be wonderful, but I found out this. Most would probably go ahead and spend it ahead of time before the bills came in, even though it was all there to be able to take care. It's not a matter of comfort and living comfortably and, and ease that God gives to us. But he says, listen, he does desire for us to have comfort. In, John, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 18, he closes out that chapter of Scripture by saying, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And he's, he's talking in 1 Thessalonians 4, not just about the comfort from the scriptures, but he's talking in 1 Thessalonians 4 about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's telling us that those that have passed on before us that, are, that have died in Christ, that are a child of God, he's saying, listen, we don't weep for them like others. We know that the Lord's going to bring them back with him. We're going to see them again. And he says, comfort 
one another with these words. This world that says God doesn't want you to have any comfort, they don't know their Bible. But once again, I'll make this statement. We just go back to defining comfort a little different than what the Lord defines comfort as. And comfort in troubled times, we see it in John chapter 14. Turn back there with me. But he says it down here in verse number 16. He says, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Can I remind us of this, that God is so concerned about us having comfort in our lives that he has given us the person of comfort to be able to dwell in us and abide with us forever. You say, well, if God's after my comfort, then why do I have problems? How many here have ever had a problem in your life? How many are sitting next to your problem? Don't raise your hand. I'm just kidding. Okay. Listen, we have we, every one of us. There's husbands saying, no, you're not my problem. I, I promise you. I didn't talk with pastor. Listen, every one of us have problems. Every one of us have trials and tribulations and situations that we go through that we would say, listen, that's not a very comforting time. But listen, no matter through anything that we're going through, we can still have comfort even when we're not comfortable. We can still have comfort. Now we come back here to John chapter 14, and I want you to see that we can still be comforted to and from the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not the desire to make us comfortable, but it's a desire to be comforted. Now look at this, just in the context of this scripture, I know we started in chapter 14 and verse number one, but I want to set the context for what took place when the Lord said, let not your heart be troubled. You see at the end of chapter number 13 in verse number 36, Simon Peter and the Lord Jesus have a little conversation here. And starting in verse number 36, Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither thou goest? Jesus answered him, whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Boy, what a statement. Boy, what a commitment to the Lord. We would think at this moment that the Lord's going to give great accolades, don't we? That the Lord's going to look at him and say, I appreciate your commitment. I appreciate your dedication and your follow through. Jesus answered him, verse number 38, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. The response from Jesus to Peter saying, I'm going to lay my life down for you. Jesus looked back at him and said, you know something before that rooster's growing, you're going to deny me three times. And the very next phrase, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. But Jesus, you just told me I'm going to deny you. 
Jesus, you just told me, listen, the reality of failure in our Christian life. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because every hand ought to go up again. How many have ever failed in their Christian life between them and the Lord? We've all failed. Every one of us have. That's why we have verses like 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here Peter is, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, been walking with him and learning from him and understanding and seeing his teachings and his miracles for three and a half years now. And Jesus looks at Peter and said, you're going to deny me three times. Three times. Let not your heart be troubled. You mean comfort even in the reality? And there may be some that seated here this morning, you'd say, I'm in the midst of that right now. I'm in the reality of failing the Lord Jesus Christ and failure in my Christian life. Can I encourage you on this? This is not to condone the failure This is not to say, hey, well, we're all human and we know that's going to happen. We don't excuse sin. But can I say we can still have comfort in the midst of even when we do fail in our Christian life? You say, where does that comfort come from? It comes from the fact that, listen, just because we fail him doesn't mean we have to stay down doesn't mean that we quit on the Lord. Listen, in Peter's life, this took place, and sure enough, it was prophesied, and it came true. Peter went out and wept bitterly. About 40 days later, he stood up on the day of Pentecost, (coughs) preached a short message, and the Bible says about 3,000 were saved, baptized, and added to the church on that day. You mean if someone, what if he would have allowed his heart to be troubled? What if he would allow that failure that came into his life to define him and he never did anything else for the Lord? Do you understand later in this passage in John chapter 14, we have not just the the reality of failure in our Christian life, but we have the uncertainty of God's plan and how to follow it. Verse number five, you have Thomas that is saying here, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest and how can we know the way? Can I ask a a question? Just meditate on this in your heart. You ever sat back and said, God, what in the world are you doing? And God, where, where are you taking me through all this? God, what is the end result? And Thomas is saying that here. Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? There's questions in our lives. I'll be honest, and I've said this before, that when we were driving up here, And all of our earthly possessions were in the back of that moving truck. And we crossed that Mason-Dixon line coming up here to be able to start Granite State Baptist Church 10 years ago. In fact, in about another two weeks, I think I'd have to go back and look at the Sunday, but uh, I think it was either the 19th or the 20th that we actually arrived in Concord with with all of our possessions and moved here and, and we were ready to be able to get started. And as we were driving up the road on that Monday and we crossed that line, I said, what in the world are we doing? Now that caused me not just to say, what in the world am I doing? But listen, there's been times in my life that I've sat back and said, Lord, what are you doing? 
Where are you going with this? God, what's the end result? What's your plan in all of this? And I'll come back to this matter. You going to trust me? You're going to follow, put one step in front of the other one, and uh, just keep moving forward with the, the light that God's given to us and the direction. And Lord, what are you doing? And that's what Thomas is saying here. Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? And so listen, we can be comforted even when the uncertainty of God's plan. But then I've noticed this in the early church, and I made reference to this in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, that, listen, we can be comforted uh, even in the grieving of past loved ones and needing to be comforted through all of that, that we sit back and say, well, I don't understand why God took them so young. I don't understand why I ever see them again. And, boy, the answers that God gives to us in the Scriptures. And so there are multiple times throughout our lives, and I know by, by no means do these cover all the different times in our lives that if we'd just be honest, that we would say, you know something, I just need some comfort right now. It's not always storming the beach and we're not always on the aggressive track and moving forward, but sometimes it's like, you know, I just need to be healed by the Lord and I just need some comfort because of the things that we're going through. Let not your heart be troubled. Some comfort in troubled times. And he gives us a couple things here in John chapter number 14. First of all, we can be comforted, and I'm just going to give us a couple thoughts this morning on this subject matter. We can be comforted, according to John 14, because of our belief in God. Our belief in God. The Bible says in verse number one, let not your heart be troubled. And I'll insert a word in here. Why? You believe in God. Now, listen, I know that there's some that they may say, and, and I, I know that the, the term that has been placed on it around this world is the term atheist. I've also heard the term that there is no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole. And I'm amazed in how many atheists that I've talked to that they've actually prayed. And I'm saying if, if you really don't believe there's a God then who in the world are you praying to? Now, there's some that will say, well, he's just my higher power. Can I remind us of this? And, and there's several around this world that they have their opinion and they have their belief of, of maybe who God is. And I'm going to go ahead and say this. Not everybody that proclaims the name of God, we don't all worship the same God. There's a man that made the statement recently, and, and uh, I'm not looking to, it, this, is, this is by no means an endorsement or a condemnation, but a man that's running for president right now, and he's of a Hindu religion, and he made the statement speaking to a bunch of Christians, and he said, well, we all serve the same God. So a pastor took him aside afterwards and said, can I, can I help you on the campaign trail? That's not a true statement. And anybody that you're trying to win over and anybody that you're saying, hey, listen, I'm going to try to <coughs> gain favor with them by making this statement, anybody that's a Christian knows. We're talking about the God of the Bible. 
here's the thing that I've noticed. God's allowed us to be able to set foot in several countries, been able to talk to several that, listen, they don't believe in the God of this Bible. They don't believe in eternal security, that, that once God saves us, that we're saved for all of eternity. Other religions that don't follow the word of God. And I found out this, there is none of them that have the peace and the comfort in their lives like what someone has because we simply believe in the God of this Bible. They don't have that peace. They don't have that comfort in their lives. And here it is, as, as Jesus is looking at Peter and saying, you're going to deny me three times, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. I wonder if at that moment, Jesus was trying to remind Peter that there is a God who will forgive you. Even in this matter of forgiveness, I mean, this matter of sin and uh, failure in our Christian lives. He's a personal God that is holy, just, merciful, and graceful. Why aren't you thankful for the God that we know from the Bible? I'm thankful for the God that's introduced to us back in Genesis chapter number one and verse number one that says, In the beginning, God. Notice it didn't say at the beginning. In the beginning. God was already there. In the beginning of time, God was already there. The creator of everything. The heavens declare the glory of God. And God spoke all of this into existence. Listen, I wouldn't want to serve or worship a God that doesn't have the ability to do that. Well, that's just a a big leap of faith. Listen, how big do you want your God to be? Hey, if I'm going to start worshiping, Bruce, if I'm going to start worshiping and, and following a God, I want the biggest one and the most capable one out there. You say, what's he capable of? Let there be light. Speak it into existence. That's the God of this Bible. That's the God that we serve. Now, listen. You say, well, how does that bring comfort in troubled times? Listen, if he can take care of the light and he can take care of the darkness and the Bible even teaches us that he's actually scheduled and set the oceans that they can't go by a certain point. He's orchestrated all of that. Listen, you can go, you can research it. Don't, don't Google it now. But this afternoon, when you don't have anything else to do, sit down and just ask what the high tide is in Portsmouth, New Hampshire on on August the 6th of 2024. You say, but today's 2023. Yeah, I know. Do you understand they can figure it out a, a year from now? Someone orchestrated that. Someone set that down. You say, well, that just happened by chance. You believe in God? Boy, what a comfort it brings to our lives. Listen, anything about science, and, and there may, I know there's people here that know more about that than I do. It always backs up the Bible, by the way. Always backs up the Bible. God set everything in motion. Listen, that's the God that I serve. You say, how does that help me in my life? If that's the God that I serve and he can take care of everything and speak this all into existence, let me ask you something. Don't you think he can take care of you? 
we were walking yesterday and uh, getting ready for that finale, and Sean and I were walking together. We were all mixed up through the group throughout the day. But one of the times we were walking together, and he's, he's looking around at all of this handiwork, and he makes a statement to me. He said, you look at all of this around us, and he said, boy, we're just a small part in all of it, aren't we? Just a small part not. As we stand there and we look around, here was, my, here, here was my statement after that. But yet in all the vastness of this and the God that created all of it, God was willing to think about you and think about me. Twice the Bible says, what is man? That thou art mindful of him. We are, we are such a, a small part of the big picture of all that God has done. But listen, if God can take care of all that stuff, boy, what can he do in my life? I can take comfort that I'm serving and worshiping a God that is a whole lot bigger than I am. After all, that's the God that I want to serve. You can go out there and get your little puny God if you want to. Mine's a little bigger than that. And my God can take care of everything that there is in our lives. Hey, we're either going big or going home. And I want the biggest God that there is. And that's the God of this Bible. That's the one that I worship. That's the one that saved my soul. Not just comfort because of our belief in God, but he said this in verse number one. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. You understand, not just because of our belief in God, but we can be comforted because of the reality of Christ. The reality of Christ. Now, I want you to notice down through this passage of Scripture all the personal pronouns that are used in here. You see this? Notice it with me. In verse number 1, ye believe in God, believe also in me. That's Jesus talking now. Listen, this is not me. I'm just reading the words of Jesus. Believe also in me. Verse number two, in my father's house. Later on in verse number two, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Verse three, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. End of verse number three, that where I am, there you may be also. Verse number four, and whither I go. Verse number six, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. All the personal pronouns that are used down through there of Jesus speaking and the reality of Christ. Now, there's some that'll believe a God and they'll, they'll trust in that God and that God has never become personal to them. May I remind us the verses that were read this morning and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Do you understand Jesus is the very manifestation of God in our lives? All the personal pronouns. Now, first of all, we have the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe also in me. I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again, that where I am, there ye may be also, and whither I go. Can I say this? Every one of those personal pronouns 
is the reality and the proof of a person of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not using it to refer to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is a person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, Jesus is real, just in case you need to be reminded of that today. Jesus is real. Yeah, I know he was real. Listen, he was a great prophet that lived years ago. He was a good teacher. He was a good physician. He was a good healer. Yes, he was all of those things, but that's not what saved my soul for all of eternity. Listen, it is not just a force. It's, he's not just a little G God that can make a difference. He is the one that has gone to prepare a place for us, and he is the one that's coming back. It's the person of the Lord Jesus. Listen, we can be comforted that there is a place that is prepared for us. How many of you have ever showed up at someone's house and they didn't have a place prepared for you, but they knew you were coming? They even invited you over for dinner. And they didn't even have dinner cooked. Isn't it wonderful when someone invites you and you show up at the appointed time and everything's ready? They put some time and some effort into that preparation. Can I say what the Lord Jesus Christ is doing for us right now? Preparing a place for us. Boy, isn't that wonderful? He's just getting things ready for us to show up. You say, well, he's been gone for 2,000 years. He has. Imagine how nice of a place it's going to be. You could almost describe it as heaven. As wonderful of a place as it's going to be, a place that is prepared. You can take comfort today in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that there's a place that is prepared. No matter what uncomfortable thing you're going through today, listen, there is something better that's coming. We believe in God, believe also in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's the promise of his return. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Some of the sweetest four words that are in the Bible, I will come again. Do you understand Jesus is coming back? He's coming back. I'm, I'm thankful for that. You say, when's that going to happen? I'm not sure. The Bible tells us that he's going to come like a thief in the night. That Listen, I mean, the thief doesn't announce and say, okay, Joe, I'm going I'm to show up and I'm going to steal things out of your bedroom at three o'clock on a Monday morning. It's not how that happens. But I will say this, Jesus is going to come back at any moment, at any time, and we're going to be forever with him. You say, I'm not very comfortable right now. No, but you can take comfort that Jesus is coming back. You can take comfort. But then I'll say this. We can take comfort that there's a provision of a way to get there. You know, every one of us talk about heaven. In fact, some have used it maybe not even knowing the full ramifications of the statements that they're making. Oh, this is heaven on earth. Oh, I went on vacation and it was just heavenly. People use the term, and, and, and we do our best down here on this earth to be able to give any type of comparison to that. Some people talk about heaven as if they really know. And I say this, some on this earth, this is all the heaven that they'll ever be able to experience. You say, well, I, I want to be in heaven. Can I remind us of this, that salvation and becoming a child of God... The, it's not just to go to heaven. 
That's not, that's not the purpose of it. We need salvation because we're, we're separated from God. Our sin has separated us from a holy God, and that's why we need salvation. One of the benefits of that is he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I'm going to come back and get you, and he's provided a way. You say, what's the way? He is. John chapter 14, verse number 6, he says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So to answer verse number 5, when Thomas said, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus answered and said, you're looking at him. How can we know the way? I wonder if Jesus just put his hand up right there. That's Jesus. That's who he is. He has not left us where we have no answers to the question. And people are searching across our community and around this world saying, listen, I'd love to be able to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. I'd love to be able to get to God. But how can I know the way? Jesus has provided it through himself because he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And listen, when Jesus said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me, you are not the exception. And I am not the exception. Well, I understand the Bible says, no man cometh unto the Father, but they haven't done as good as what I've done. I understand the Bible says, no man cometh unto the Father, but they weren't as faithful in church as what I am. I understand no man, but they're not as perfect as I am. Listen, as much as all means all, when you read the Bible, no man means no one. Not one person cometh unto the Father, but through Jesus. That's the only way. Now, you say, well, how is that comforting? Because I'm trying to be able to work my way there. And here you just turn my whole religious world upside down that I'm not going to be able to get to heaven on my own and my good works. Well, praise the Lord. Your religious world needs to be turned upside down if that's what you're dependent upon to be able to get there and realize there is a God. And the only way to be able to get to him is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, for those of us that are saved, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You say, Pastor, I'm just not comfortable right now. There's a whole lot of things that are going on. Listen, we can still have comfort when we're uncomfortable. When we're going through some things and you say, well, we could, we could take the time, listen, he says down through here, you can get back in John chapter 10, 14, get into 17. Listen, in all of this, Jesus reminds us, in this world, you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So even in the midst of all that, listen, we can still be comforted. Number one, because of our belief in God. And number two, because of the reality of Christ. That he is who he says he is. Let me ask you something. I wonder in your life today, is there some comfort that's needed? I wonder what it is that you say, I just need to believe God. I just need to believe God. That's what I'm going through some things. I just need to believe Him and follow Him. 
Maybe you're here today and you're not saved. You've never trusted Christ as your Savior. Listen, it's the only way you're going to get there. Christ has provided the way for us to be able to be in eternity with Him and with God the Father.